幸せなふりをした歌うもっと走らず言い聞かせた無謀にもそってかつかみや来た道を一別取りをごめんしまんそこ参戦に次ぐワンガムやマルトによりがかりチェリは積もって果てしない旅の途中で街の柱に立ち寄る疲れた両足をそっと投げ出して寝転ぶと繰り返される浅い眠り何とも同じ者の子顔何とも同じ者の言葉を生きてるだけで悲しいと思うのを出すだけなのでたばこの煙
you should be like to- fully rizzed up. You should be like totally in like the best suit you've got. And he's like, no, this is like an official ceremony. I'm, used- I'm wearing my uniform. I'm not. I'm not going to be a clown because you want me to. Because you want me to be embarrassed or whatever. But like the the way that Eisen like just says like really polite like hellos and good mornings to everybody in the squad as he passes them, and like Eisen and Shinji have basically the same personality as they do in the present. Like, Aizen's the same kind of, like, kind of polite, total stonewall towards everybody he's talking to, and Shinji's got that exact same, like, troublemaking irreverence that he's got. But putting Aizen as a subordinate and Shinji as, like, the guy who's supposed to be in charge, like, really... It's the same characters, but it has a completely different vibe because of the, like, new situation. I'm like, oh, man, this is great. (laughs) I love Bleach. <laughs> it's really good. I really like how it recontextualizes things immediately, but, like, it does it in a way where it doesn't feel unnatural or anything. It, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a lot of fun. The pair go to the Division 1 barracks, where Shinji gets kicked across the floor by Hiyori, uh, who is also a vice-captain. And she gets knocked up aside. She gets, like, slapped in the back of the head by Love, who is also a captain. And it's like, oh, like, all the visor are here. All our friends in the future used to be, like, captains and vice-captains in Soul Society. Imagine that. Oh. So that's where we were turning back the pendulum. <laughs> the mystery has been revealed. Uh, I do like this bit where, like, Love just, like... Like, she, she like, complains. She's like, you can't hit someone else's vice-captain, like, you nerd. And then he just, like, picks her up and brings her inside. But while she's doing this, Shinji is just doing the most... The most childish, like, you get in trouble, <laughs> like, in the background of the screen, like, just, like, hiding in the little corner. It's great. <laughs> this is better than our current captains. <laughs> <laughs> true. Honestly, true. By by kind of a wide margin, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> They're people with personalities. <laughs> Imagine oh. that. Inside, they mention that, like, basically everyone's here except the 10th, they call it the 11th squad's captain, the 10th generation of Kenpachi, uh, who isn't here. And apparently, there w- I was also, like, while taking my notes, looking at, like, what the wiki was saying, and apparently they mentioned in the dub, they say, they, like, they put, they give the wrong division here, they say it's, like, the They say 12. Yeah. And um, I'm like, that's not correct. Yeah, so that's just <laughs> straight up an error. They're talking about the 11th division and Kenpachi. Uh but he's the 10th Kenpachi because every leader of the 11th squad has been called Kenpachi. Uh, which is oh, that's a a new little nugget. Um uh, all the visor that we know are joined by well, this this small group that all all not all the visored, but they are all visored <laughs> rather. Uh they're joined by Shunsui uh, Juichiro Ukitake and another of the future visored, uh, Lisa, the potty mouth. She's also here. Uh, they mentioned that, like, there's been a real quick turnover on captains recently because Rose has been there for like two years. Squad 12 has a whole situation that needs to be deal, the, that needs to be dealt with. Uh, and Jutsu even says, like, the only captains who have been here for more than a hundred years are Shunsui, Ukitake, Old man Yama, and I I think he's talking about Yamamoto, but he might be talking about, like, 
the other old man who walks into the scene because we haven't had his name yet. And then Shunsui, like, uh, Ukitake reminds him, like, also Unahano's been here for more than 100 years. Uh, uh, he calls her his, oh, right, my great senpai. <laughs> but she, like, appears behind him being like, ah, oh, who you call the gold, bitch? <laughs> they are immediately cowed. Uh, she's a lot nicer, but it's it's very much a situation of, are you talking about my age over there? Hmm. Uh, she mentions that the third squad's captain, which is where Rose uh, joined two years ago, he retired, and the twelfth squad's captain got promoted. So unlike the tenth squad's death in the line of duty, it's just good times. It's there is nothing to worry about. This peaks Eisen's ears though, because he's like, "Hey, um, promotion? What? Where? What? What happened? How do you get promoted from a? How do you get promoted from a squad captain?" To go to Central 46 or whatever? And that's where we learn, no, Captain Hikifune got promoted to the Royal Guard, Squad Zero. It, I think this is the first time this has been mentioned, yeah? Like Squad Zero? I think so. I believe it has been in Mainline Bleach. If it's been mentioned before, it would have been mentioned... Uh, during the um, the movie where there was like the artifact of the Soul King or whatever, uh, yeah, that would make that would make sense. Yeah, okay, yeah, because there's very few. There have been very few mentions, and they're like very far between each of anything regarding the Soul King, uh, or like the royal family, basically. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the the old uh, the other old man by the way, uh, is not old man Yama. He is referring to Yamamoto. Uh, right. the, the other old man is Ginrei Kuchiki, uh, who is uh, Byakuya's grandfather. Mm. Yeah, I, I knew he was a uh, sex squad because he's got the whole... Um, I, fig- like, I figured he was Kuchiki something because he's got the sex squad Captain's Howery and also his, you know, his hair is made to look like Kuchiki, so it's like, okay, yeah, he's... He's clearly the father or grandfather of uh, the Kuchiki mm-hmm. people, but in this episode, it doesn't come up. Yeah, so basically, this episode more or less... <clears throat> that's not true. I was about to say something completely wild. <laughs> when does that happen? This scene... You never said that. <laughs> this scene ends with, uh, like, the said old man showing up with Yoroichi and Shinji clocking, like, Clocking Yorichi as the newcomer from uh, Squad 2. And then the clock ticks forward. Or rather, backwards. I ro- we get a scene transition, which is a swinging pendulum, and I thought that it was the passage of time. It's a flashback. <laughs> we are, we're going further into the past from the flashback of the currency. So we see Yoroichi in her secret underground lair. She's sparring with Urahara. Uh, the two of them are just mostly having fun, lighthearted stuff. Uh, she asks how like something or other is coming along and says she's counting on him as a division leader. And also she drops that she like recommended him to be the new captain of squad division of a uh, division twelve, and to like get ready for the captain's exam. Again, their personalities are extremely close to what we already know, but. Framing them as a captain and one of her division leaders, as opposed to, like, the ultimate free spirit ninja and the secret, mysterious, irreverent shopkeeper man. Like, it's, like, mm-hmm. it's the same vibe, and it's they interact in the same way, but it feel it has a 
different vibe of in the scene because we know you know social cues they're different um, interesting stuff this is why people like AUs <laughs> <laughs> that's true no it, it's it's really interesting that like just by prospect of bringing these characters to an earlier point in time before Ichigo became relevant it's just like it's so weird how suddenly all of these characters are way more interesting. <laughs> it, and I don't think it's an Ichigo problem. I just think it's a problem with, like, what the story has currently been. But, like, these characters are way more interesting and likable here than they are, like, in present day. <laughs> to me, at least. Yeah, well, it's just like in present day, we don't get any of this focus, right? Like, you, you we could get, like, chill hangout vibes, but... Even the chill hangout vibe episodes, like the ones we got last time, are basically entirely <laughs> around Ichigo. Yeah, and whereas mm-hmm. these are like chill hangout vibes, but there's also stuff going on in the background and as the episode's going on that's not just like action focused. Um, it, it, it feels a lot better, more well paced. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Back at the second court squad barracks, Soifan disagrees that Urahara deserves to be in charge of the prison unit. He's in charge of the jail division. <laughs> and we see a flashback, within this flashback, within a flashback, that even as the third seat of the squad, he goes, like, fully just locking himself up in a room for several days for, like, depression slash research purposes. And she's like, no, terrible guy. I hate him. Uh, Yoruchi just tells her, like, eh, whatever, like, drop it. It's not important. But Soifan decides to tail Urahara as he walks through Soul Society, like, seemingly just wandering aimlessly, talking to various Shinigami, playing with Beyblades with children outside the (laughs) Soul Society, uh, drinking with the boys during the day. She notes all this in her little black book and later has, like, a fully printed report when she goes, but when she goes to give it. Urahara is, like, already there and saying uh, he's going to take the captain's exam. And Yuruji is like, oh, yeah, I made normally uh, vice captains aren't allowed to, like, watch the proceedings. I made a special request because I know you have a crush on Urahara. Obviously, clearly. (laughs) What other reason could there be for you to be like this and tail him? (laughs) She reads through the report that Soifan's done and Urahara's like, oh, yeah, no, she's totally right. Like, I'm a loser. <laughs> but then someone shows up with info for Urahara and is like, oh, I've I've got to go deal with this. It's people that are, quote, dear to me. And Yoroichi just says, oh, yeah, I'm going to go start the test then. Uh, Soifan worries that if Urahara is late in his exam, he's going to bring shame to the whole squad. But whatever, he's given leave, he goes and she follows him. We see him join a bunch of Shinigami who are staking out a shack in the woods and when Soifan arrives, she notices, hey, all these dudes are the boys that he was drinking with. These are the boys. The boys, you say? Like, he explains, like, oh, yeah, no, these, like, we were just doing this whole thing as a covert operation. The people in this shack are, pe- are like, deserters. They're people who left Soul Society. And then there's an intense spirit pressure. Urahara says, hey, I'm going to go handle this solo. He just walks in. There's a giant explosion of, uh spirit energy and then everybody and Soifan like rushes inside and it's like dozens of Shinigami with broken swords unconscious on the floor and Urahara is like alright let's go Th- the boys got this I'm gonna go take my test 
It's like, it's weirdly Amagai-pilled in a way where it's like, he does something extremely cool, but I, I'm just like, wow, this is so much better than Amagai arc. <laughs> it does feel like, in retrospect, that like Amagai was, ba- was like, leaning heavily on the, on a lot of what this was already doing. Yeah, I was just think I was just thinking that, like, probably like 30 seconds ago before I said that. But, uh, no, you're not wrong at all. It totally... I was about to look up when these chapters came out compared to the Amagai arc, because now I'm almost wondering if they were just like, what if we just did that like again? Because a lot of people really like to turn back the pendulum. I'm pretty sure... We like we could always check like between episodes, uh, but I'm pretty sure this was either out or already like in the water, basically. Anyways, at this point, we see uh, Urahara, like, Gets to his exam, he joins Yamamoto Yoroichi, the old man, and, uh, who's, like, wearing the sixth captain's, uh, garb, and Unahana, and then the clock continues ticking, and we see his room is getting cleared out. His room at the, uh, second division, uh, barracks, that is. Later, or back in the present of this past time, of this past, uh, flashback. <laughs> God damn it, Bleach. <laughs> We see Kensei, who is yet another visored and also wearing a captain's howdy. He joins a captain's meeting and says, hey, new guy's here. And Urahara Kisuke, the new captain of the 12th division, arrives, flustered for his first meeting. Shinji comments on him being a slacker and Aizen agrees, but like, you know, he agrees in a sinister manner. (laughs) It's like, yes, you're right, but yes, you're right. Do you have an update on uh, the Amagai arc? Uh, it could not have been based on Turn Back the Pendulum. The arc aired from April 23rd to October 7th, 2008. The first chapter of Turn Back the Pendulum didn't come out till December 2008. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe Kubo was like, I saw what you did there. I'm Maybe. Do it better. <laughs> it would be it would be really funny if if Koopa was just like I'm gonna base this arc on a filler arc but make it good. <laughs> I was, like there are so there are things that are part of this arc and part of future arcs and part of no arcs at all because there are interviews where Kubo has said there's a lot of stuff in like there's a lot of stuff that's based in the past or just like previous to present day that he wanted to get to and it just never got into the manga. Huh. So I am. I would entirely believe if someone told me that Kubo had not written the pendul like the turn back the pendulum yet, but when consulted for the Captain Amagai arc, was like, like already had an idea in his mind, and it was and was basically like pulling on that to be like, oh yeah, so I would like do it something like this, something like this, and then they just kind of did it, but not as well as it as as it's done here, basically. Yeah, no, it it wouldn't surprise me. It's really interesting to think about, for sure. I want to shout out the, like, next time on, like, gag, because this time it's Shunsui asking Ukitake about Unohana's age, and she just shows up suddenly and she's like, Oh, hey, what are you talking about? Oh, nothing, just the uh, future of Soul Society. Wonderful. Let's go talk about that in my quarters. And the two of them are just, like, pants-weddingly terrified. (laughs) Nice. The anime's decision to just have her be this character that they, like, 
Unohana is a mysterious character that everyone is intimidated and or scared of. And, and like, that's just text in the manga. But the anime has extra stuff. Uh, because, obviously, like, this gag isn't in the, uh, isn't manga, right? Like, it's the next time on. But neither is her showing up at that, like, me- at that meeting where they're, like, before everyone goes into, like, the first, uh, barracks. When all the captains are, like, just talking and they explain, like, the Soul King stuff. She doesn't appear in that scene. <laughs> hmm. That's some anime original. <laughs> Uh, just the last thing for this episode is the post credit scene. We've got Rukia telling Ichigo that she's going to start doing a report on his daily life, helped with her like adorable little buddy drawings, and starting the next episode, we're going to get... Ba- instead of Arankar Encyclopedia, or we're going to get like Rukia's reports about various things about Shinigami. Sh- the daily life of Shinigami. It's cute. I-, I didn't really feel strongly about the bit. But it's cute. Hmm. What I was gonna say about the episode as a whole, I, I was I was gonna ask, uh, was it just me or were none of the visored women uh, captains? No, you're right. They're all vice captains, or not present. It, it's it, I I just wanted to make sure that I like got that out there because it, while I did enjoy this episode and the next one a lot more than the stuff previously uh it it still feels important to be like these women are not at the same level as the men in kuba kubo's eyes at all and i i wanted to make sure that's still present and seen i mean fuck we get ura urahara jumping the line over soyphone for a captain seat yeah (laughs) yeah like it doesn't get more clear cut than that, but it, it was just the fact that I, I wanted to make sure I wasn't going crazy and that none of the women that are present here are captains. They're all vice captains or lower. Mm. Oh, Kubo. Oh, Kubo. Oh, Kubo. Yeah. Uh, as far as like the manga notes for this episode, so first thing, if you are reading along with like the Viz Shonen Jump, uh, website uh the chapters are called like negative 108 minus 107 minus 106 like counting up towards zero but they're displayed on the shonen jump site as because they come after three point uh, 315 they're labeled as 315.1.2.3 etc what is uh, this some marvel comics bullshit <laughs> uh Next, honestly, it's so helpful in the manga because every time a Vizard shows up, they're like, Shinji, Captain of the 5th Division. Aizen, Vice Captain of the 5th Division. Love, Captain of the 7th Division, which was Komomura's division. Hiori, Lieutenant of the of Squad 12. <laughs> like, they're, they're just very clearly saying, like, this is where this person is. And you're like, you don't need to look around to try to get... It. Can I see their back at one point? Do I get to see which number it is? <laughs> no, that's an extra drawing. We, we don't have space. Also, it's not just that, like, Unohana doesn't show up when Shunsui's talking about the Royal Guard stuff. It's that when we get that scene of the Royal Guard stuff, they open the door, and then it gets to the point where Kensei says, hey, the new guy's here, let's welcome the new captain. 
everything else in the episode, which you may have noticed is more than half of it, isn't in the manga. Huh. Interesting, because I didn't even notice. Like, uh, it didn't feel like filler to me. Yeah, effectively, it's everything that is... The, like, when they open the door, we go into a flashback of the events that lead Urahara to, like, become, um, mm-hmm. re- like, recommended as captain and up to his captain's exam, including that bit with Soifon, uh, like, seeing how terrifying he is, I suppose, uh, while, while fighting. And then, like, all of that is, like, new context. And I think that's an example of, like, stuff that Kubo wanted to add and just like while he was drawing the manga because of his because of his health at the time and like just various other reasons it was like i don't have time for this and it's like stuff that he ends up not doing other examples of this are writing several novels <laughs> i also do want to kind of call you out here and say you you didn't think that you called it we can we can rewind back the tape here you called it Amagai pilled. Yes. And you're surprised that this was this was added, that this was filler. You know, now it that you reads say extremely it. like the Amagai stuff. And then we find out that it wasn't in the original text. It was added by the staff who did the Amagai <laughs> stuff. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It, it didn't feel like filler. It was just that I was drawing parallels, and because I didn't know it was like this portion was filler, I was just like, "Oh, maybe Kubo was like inspired by Amagai or vice versa." Uh, so it's just like, "Huh, interesting." But now that I know it's filler, it's like, "Oh my god, they're just doing it again, <laughs> but this time better." Yeah, because they have stronger characters to draw from. Exactly, exactly. We already have an attachment to Urahara. We we don't need to see this new guy be like, oh yeah, no, I've got this big, cool green sword, and I'm totally not evil. I'm totally normal here, uh, <laughs> so everybody uh, be nice to me. Uh. <laughs> I also want to shout out this, uh, the end of chapter, like, corner uh, situation, which just has a little drawing of Shinji holding up a jazz album and like listening to it on headphones and a note from Kubo that says, I mentioned this like in the magazine, in the original magazine printing, but jazz did not exist 110 years ago. Oh yeah. If it's 110 years ago, I was like, (laughs) I wasn't sure about the timeline initially. And I was like, (laughs) why does he have a fit? Like a jazz album from presumably a hundred like right i was like okay what is this like the 1920s maybe (laughs) bleach has been set in the near future this whole time (laughs) yeah the the story takes place like thereabouts of 1895 or like maybe the very early 1900s uh is how the timing works out yeah no they were (laughs) they were playing flapper music Flapper jazz. We find out uh, in the next uh, in next week's episode. We actually find out uh, that jazz was invented by an extremely racist caricature Soul Reaper. Uh, this is just my expectation. Ooh, I hope not. But we have no reason to trust Kubo to do any better. 
We don't. True. True, we just don't. Like, I wouldn't have said it if I didn't think it was a possibility. <laughs> I don't remember oh, no, this I got arc you. at all. Well, so with that, that's all I've got for this episode. How about we get to break? Yeah, let's cut to break. Sounds great. Let's get right back into it with episode 207, 12th Division's new captain, Kisuke Urahara. So we see that, like, Urahara is, like, pretty shy about joining the group and the the group of captains, but he just gets, like, shoved by Yamamoto, who explains the whole thing. Kiryu Hikifune, the previous 12th captain, was promoted elsewhere. (laughs) Period. Yonoichi recommended her third seat, and following the examination with Yamamoto and the three other captains, they found no complaints in his abilities and character, and appointed Urahara as the new captain. So he shows up at his barracks to introduce himself, but doesn't look like anyone's got any confidence in him. He tries offering a hand of friendship to Hiyori, and she slaps it away, and she's like, yeah, I'm mad that my captain's gone, but also, like... You're from the fucking stealth force. You're like an assassin. How could a killer be our new boss? And it it feel like this whole bit. I was like, like I get it. You, you want to have like Urahara start as the character who's like his his new squad has a reason to like not trust him or whatever. And like that makes the fact that he's an ass- that he was working with like the special ops squad totally valid. I have no idea what the squad's current thing is. I'm so confused by that. Yeah. Like, they they just don't tell us, and as f- I don't know if they're going to. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to actually say at any point. Before Urahara, tw- Squad 12 was in charge of... X. <laughs> I'm not counting on it, and I'm also very skeptical of the whole thing where they're like, Oh no, we can't trust you. You're from the stealth squad. You could have killed people. Shut up, you're cops! <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're an army division. <laughs> See, what what gets me here, uh, what gets me here is, again, drawing parallels to the Amagai arc, uh, it, it's like, when Amagai became captain, his whole fucking squad didn't really trust him either. But, like, next thing I know, Sam's gonna tell me this part wasn't in the manga either, and I'm gonna look like a real fool. So far, we're in the manga. <laughs> Okay, okay. See, my point still stands. <laughs> More on this at the end of this episode recap. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, at, like, Hiori, like, badmouths him. She's, like, super mad that he's just remaining completely smooth and calm. And, like, the fact that he doesn't get mad that she's insulting his own squad makes her more mad. And he, like, tries to explain. He's like, no, no, see, this morning when I woke up, I was like, I'm part of Squad 12 now. I'm a Squad 12 guy. If someone gets mad at Squad 12, I'm gonna get mad at them. But you're not you're not insulting Squad 12 right now. You're insulting my old squad. I'm not those guys. And obviously, she gets more mad because that's an unhinged thing to say to someone. You know, every day I wake up and I think to myself, you know, I'm a Squad 12 guy. <laughs> like, because he, he, he presents it as like, yeah, so if we could just choose what makes us mad and doesn't, like, 
it like it would just all work out. And I'm like, that's psychopath. You, <laughs> what are you talking about? And you're telling me we didn't have any problems with this character? <laughs> uh, she kicks him in the dick and runs away, but he absolutely no-sells it. And then she, like, we see her outside, like, nursing her shin, which is like, oh my god, what the fuck does he have on their dare? <laughs> like, <laughs> And then, like, later, we see her walking around Soul Society, and then she just bumps into a squad of big moving wagons. And it's all of Urahara's, like, science junk. <laughs> And Hyori barely stops herself from kicking him again, like, remembering, oh, right, my shin hurt last time. I don't need this. She doesn't accept him. She doesn't accept his stuff. She doesn't accept any of this. And she doesn't accept the the various people of the squad, like, helping him move his shit around. She kicks him in the face, and she stomps off. He tracks her down, saying, like, oh, hey, like, in the previous scuffle, a bunch of my shit fell on you, so I'm here to with a first aid kit to help you, uh, like, bandage you up. And then she kicks him again and leaves. The next day, he explains that he's managed to somehow put all of his junk into the captain's quarters, which surprises her, because she was like, there's so much, it, w- it literally wouldn't fit. That's, we- like, what? But his wishy-washy way of, like, talking just extremely doesn't vibe, it, it doesn't, like, hit with Hiori, and it definitely doesn't with the rest of the squad. Like, he tells them, oh yeah, like, wait, I remember what I wanted to tell you now. Um, I've been thinking all night about what our squad's gonna do, and I'm still thinking, if y'all could just, like, chill, I'll, like, unpack the rest of my junk, and we could, like, brainstorm some stuff, and clearly, as the rest of this episode, like, as the refrain for this episode... Hiori gets even more mad. Ooh, I'm so mad. She She's literally, like, stomping around going, Ooh, I'm so mad. I'm even more mad. Thinking about it makes me more Every mad. Every time Ooh. I think about how mad I am, I get even more mad about how mad I am that I get madder about how mad I am that I get mad. <laughs> and then Shinji Holy shows shit. up. <laughs> Shinji does then, show up. And he's like, hey, loser, are you mad? How are things? Are you mad? Are you getting mad? And she's like, you fucking idiot. Get down here so I can kick you in the face. He, like, mostly he just teases her. Ends up, He dangles that he's got like some information to tell her, but he ends up just getting kicked in the face and then she leaves. Later still... Urahara, like, hangs out with some of his squad members. Like, he finds them just, like, enjoying the sun and just, like, slacking off. And he just slacks off with them, uh, much to their surprise. And he's like, yeah, we haven't been, like, ordered to do anything. So we can just relax, slack off, chill. Kisuke seems like the kind of captain that would offer me a bowl of weed on an off day. (laughs) He seems like the kind of captain who would offer you a bowl of weed on... A, a slow afternoon. That is an on day. <laughs> You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. So Hiori shows up and she's like, you motherfuckers. And she explains, like, the reason she's mad is because other squads will look at them and be like, look at those fucking slackers. So she challenges him to a duel and he says, sure, but we'll do it barehanded. And he even offers her, like, the first attack. So she jumps, she drop kicks him in the face, he just takes it and falls down, and his subordinates are like, man, I guess he was weak as shit. 
But then we cut to Hyori, who is, like, immediately after the duel, she, like, ran away, uh, just still pissed. And she's just like, what the fuck is up with that guy? He completely dodged her dropkick, grinned at her, and then leaned back in to get hit in the face. (laughs) Right, and this, I think, is where we can take a moment to consider the important differences between things that are, like, filler and things that aren't. Things that are written by Kubo specifically. And I could be setting myself up for a tremendous amount of, you know, shame here. I could be Pride Cometh Before the Fall and all that. Mm-hmm. But I believe that in a standard filler, he would have just taken the kick. The little bit of Kubo Spice in there is the whole thing where he moves so quickly, he can see it, he smiles, moves out of the way, and then moves back into position. Like, that is just sort of drenched in his style, right? Yeah, like, I'm going to let other people think you clowned me, but I want you to know I could have dodged this, but it's our little secret. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's that that little extra spice. Uh, So that night, later that night, rather, we just have, like, Urahara still hanging out in that same area, looking up at the sky, at the night sky, and he's approached by Shinji, Tu asks about Hiori, and he's like, yeah, she thought of the older, of the old captain as, like, a mother figure? That's good, like, there's no universe where that's not going to be a problem for you. Like, there's, you could be the best guy in the world, and she would still fucking hate you. Which also, it's not just me, right? Like, that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> that, like, yeah, it's yeah. a little fucked up. <laughs> that, like, this happens, and, like, everyone's aware of it. <laughs> right. We're, which actually, you know what? It co- it continues tradition because obviously, uh, with Momo, it's really fucked up with regards to Aizen that everybody fucking knows about it, and it played into his plans. <laughs> like he he was a deceitful like dude, and and like totally fucked her over. But like the rest of Soul Society was like, we know this is ha- we can see this. Ha- we don't know the the sinister part of it, but like we can see this is obviously happening. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, they're like, ah, well, sometimes you need to, like, make him, like, fucked up a little bit to get him out there, to get him going, you know, to get him out of bed in the morning. <laughs> That's how you get the real good soldiers. <laughs> you I make mean, sure they're a little fucked up before they even fight. Right. Naruto, you know, the contemporary uh, sort of partner to Bleach, says, well, you got to get them while they're children. And Bleach sort of retorts, not if you can get them emotionally codependent. Christ. I mean, this is the same society where we have people living in a feudal setting where uh, the majority, the vast majority of people are extremely poor, and we're basically told the only way to not be poor is to become a cop. And on top of that, it seems that when a captain cop gets promoted, not only do they not have a captain in mind at that point in time, they're just like, Eh, we'll, we'll promote him, we'll figure out the captain shit later. It, it's not really well managed in any way. Well, so that part in particular makes, it makes me feel, like, the way that Yamamoto presents it to the other captain, the vibe I got was more like, hey, orders from higher up came down and were like, you come up here. And the rest of y'all can, like, deal with your problems. That was the sense I got. Yeah. I, I do agree. It's just we haven't really seen 
that much more context of yeah. how this this typically works. Like, I think we had uh, some stuff, like, back into, like, Soul Society arcs about becoming a captain, but that was different because it was, like, I, I think it was the Kenpachi stuff, and it was uh, about him having to, like, challenge the other one to a duel. Yeah, and, like, both uh, like both methods to become a captain were mentioned in the previous episode because they, they mentioned that, like, yeah, Kenpachi's here and he's not listening to anyone, uh, but it's okay if he's a rowdy boy because he got in his position by killing the previous guy, um, <laughs> which is good and cool. And then uh, Urahara, like, went through the other way of becoming a captain, which is to have, like, a sit-down examination interview with Yamamoto and three other captains. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think all, all I'm trying to get across here is uh, we already know Soul Society and in particular, the Gote 13, are kind of fucked up. Oh, no doubt. At this point, Urahara, like, admits that he's having a rough time with uh, Hyori, and Shinji offers his advice as, you know, someone who's been a captain for a while. In the So the subs in the anime, and I'll, I'll get into the... I prefer the wording in the manga, of, of, like, whoever made the translation in the manga, but the, the subs in the anime are those in command can sympathize with those who follow, but they can't show it. And Urahara's probably shit at thinking about other feel other people's feelings anyway, so he should just, like, you're a captain, you should just do your whole- you should do your thing, like, stand tall, do your thing, and, like, people are going to follow you, and if you, they don't, well, you sucked at being a captain, there's nothing you could have done about it. Um, right. And then, as he walks away, Shinji's like, hey, how long are you gonna stay there, Sosuke? And he just- Barehanded tears away the illusion that Aizen's been hiding behind. It, which this shit the, looks really cool. It it's looks so, so sick. sick. <laughs> no, I was waiting for this because I was just like, "Ooh, this this shit's good. <laughs> this is this is the stuff." Yeah, and Aizen's like, "Wow, like that's impressive. How long did you know that I was here?" And Shinji responds to him, "Since you were in your mother's womb." <laughs> It is the most fucking banger line to come out of Shinji's mouth since he's existed. Yeah, and then Ice's like, hey, you're like, you're a scary dude, Captain. And Shinji's like, yeah, so are you. <laughs> and then they walk away. Urahara, meanwhile, just like tells himself, Yeah, Yoroichi was right. Like, being a captain might be fun. So we cut to the next morning where Urahara is like completely just remodeled the captain rooms with like giant pipes and boilers and evil computer parts. None of this, none of this looks like normal technology. This is only if you're doing like evil supervillain technology. It's fine. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. This again clearly upsets Hiori because she's like, this doesn't look anything like the previous captain's room. Like, what the fuck have you done? But Hiori comes in here and and is like, what does this say on it? soul rip out a fire <laughs> I, I i don't know if that seems what the fuck are you doing in here <laughs> yeah so he asks her like hey i'm gonna try to get to know you little by little and i hope you'll do the same with me and then she punches him in the face and he just doesn't like he just completely no sells it again like he's got a full like nosebleed from it but he's like do you want to come to the maggot's nest with me <laughs> and then the episode ends like on that line god no, oh, these were good. I really liked both of these episodes. Yeah, I, I, re I really enjoyed, like, just seeing more of these characters. Like, 
the Visored are, are fun, and, like, they're fun characters, and uh, I like when they're on screen, and in this, it's like, oh, yeah, now they get to interact with a bunch of the other society, society dudes. Th- this is also, like, the thing that's cool about all the the captains, vice captains of Soul Society isn't when seven of them show up in a, in a desperate situation and they all pull off their one big move. It's when they're hanging out and just talking about, like, their day-to-day. <laughs> like, that's the best part of them, right? Right. Um, so it's like, just really tapping into that energy here, and I'm like, yes, finally, thank Christ. (laughs) It's something that, like, the Bleach movies fundamentally misunderstand, because, like, they all want to get the captains all out there so they can do their cool, big, flashy move, but, like, they- Kubo also doesn't seem to get it most of the time, which is that he just doesn't let them be characters. It's all about what they're doing in terms of battle- and it's a lot less about what do they feel like? Like, what are they thinking? How do they interact with the other captains? Uh, like, 90% of the time, it doesn't really feel like they get to exist with each other. And it's it just like, it, it needs this breathing room for the action to have impact. Yeah, honestly, I c- like, part of me wishes that Kubo had just, like, given a fucking quadruple encyclopedia volume to like, a different mangaka, and just told him, like, hey, write some slice-of-life bullshit. Just, like... I would have been down. Just, here's these here's oh, yeah. these people, here's how they, like, react to each other, just, like, you know, check in with me to see if, like, stuff looks natural or, like, fits with my timeline of events, and just write them, like, do Basically, whoever's in charge of doing, like, two-thirds of the uh, Shinigami Golden skits, like, get those writers to just write, like, a full-on, like... Um, what was the anime mm-hmm. that did that, that? Uh, the fucking, the Slimy Sakai anime, right? Like, the Slimy Sakai ha- anime has an entire companion anime that's about, like, what if we completely ignored the plot and only f- only had one-off Slice of Life hangout episodes? Honestly, I love that in concept. I, I, I think what has surprised me the most about just how far we are in the arc, at, at least now, is, is when I think about the prospect of dropping a bunch of characters that we have seen before into a flashback and basically recontextualizing them in this way, uh, I would expect it to be played off as, like, a giant reveal that, like, oh, Shinji was a captain? Oh, Kisuke was a captain? Oh, these guys were all, like, super powerful soul reapers? But it doesn't really feel like a, a big reveal to me. It just kind of makes sense and it, it feels surprisingly natural going into this flashback. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. Because I think if it had been treated as a giant fucking reveal, I think I would have been a lot more eye-rolly, probably. Not that I don't like a big reveal, but it, it just feels better to have it just kind of go and be natural the way it is. Yeah, like, a lot of the, a lot of the introductions are kind of like, Here's a big reveal, but we're not making a big deal out of it. You like if you recognize the character, you can go make a big deal about it in your corner, and then come back and like look at how they are in their day to day. But like the story doesn't treat it as a as a big deal because at the time that was just who these people were, right? Yeah, yeah. I re- I honestly really like the way it was uh for the most part like deployed uh, with a lot of these characters. Yeah, extremely so. The, at the end of this episode, we've got the post-credits. Uh, Ichigo's in class. The Soul Compass tells him there's hollows about. He's going to use it to, like, 
eject his soul and go fight. And Rukia's like, use a soul candy, you idiot. Like, so people don't have questions about you suddenly dying at your desk and not having a pulse, you know? Uh, so he does, uses the console candy, he goes purify the hollow, and when he comes back, Khan's getting the shit kicked out of him by the teacher because they're standing next to a trio of girls who are holding their skirts down because, haha, Khan's a pervert. Whatever. Super cool. It's not a good joke. It works better for me than 90% of Khan jokes just because we don't have to see him in the act, but it, it's still not good. Yeah. I I agree that I do prefer it to most con jokes because it's just like the implication that Khan is as bad as you think he is off screen, uh, but we don't have to dedicate screen time to it. We we can just show you the consequence. Um, yeah. But it would also be cool if they did almost literally any other joke, but This is true. <laughs> God. Wow, I love seeing Sanji be horny for the fifty thousandth time. Manga notes, we've got... So, in this episode, we don't get the scene of Yuri talking to Shinji at all. Huh. Or the junk wagons. Or relaxing in the field. Or duel. It goes straight from kicking the dick to nighttime convo with Shinji. That's so weird. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, I felt like the pacing of the episode was really good. I feel like... I don't know. Like... What's your opinion? Is the pacing in the manga, like, worse? No, like, it, it fits. Uh, huh. Like, I do think, like, the the bit with the, the wagons, I felt was, like, like, I felt like it was kind of dragging, and a lot of the conversations, uh, the, the, co- the pre-dual conversation and the wagons bit, I was, like, you know, kind of, like, twiddling my thumbs waiting for shit to happen. Uh, and then when I got to the manga, I was like, oh, it's probably because it wasn't, you know, this is, like, anime filler stuff. But... I do, it does feel like the bit of the actual duel of them like like that whole bit that whole interaction with Shinji like dodging and then going back I was like that's actually like a really interesting character bit and I'm surprised that it wasn't in the manga um, yeah yeah I also had a really hard time not trying to give uh, give the bit away when you were saying that you may have been setting yourself up for for failure right <laughs> yep I was like oh man. The fact that you're calling it out makes it so harder, so much harder not to make it noise. <laughs> no, that's, yep. It's good comedy is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wait, not one, but two hosts this time have been bamboozled by fucking Bleach. <laughs> yeah, I do think, like, uh, Kubo has, as far as I'm aware, like, very, min- very minimal uh, interaction or, like, input with what goes on as far as, like, like, he's there to, he, like, he has input on, like, the supervision of the story in general, and, like, what they add for, like, some of the post-credit stuff, right, so that they're not, like, contradicting, uh, contradicting stuff in the, in the manga, right, but usually, as far as, like, little extra scenes, I don't think he has a ton of input, I feel like maybe he had some input in here, or there was just someone who was, like, I've got his number, I know exactly who this character is, like, he would be like this. I don't know. This this whole thing is just very funny to me that both, both of us were just like, yeah, this part feels very Kubo-esque. And, oh, oh what, what do you mean he didn't... What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I also want to show, like, the bit where Shinji's, like, tearing open, like, the air 
of, uh, like, around Sosuke's, um, or Aizen's, like, illusion. It looks so good in the manga because it looks like he's tearing off, like, the, the paper. It looks like he's opening up the panel. <laughs> Yo, mm. that rules. That is sick as hell. Yeah. Like, there's, there's specifically, there's a little bit where, like, there's, like, a lanyard of, like, part of the page is torn and, like, part of it next to it hasn't that... <laughs> It's just really good. Uh, the Like, the art for that is just really cool. Even if it's just, like, two people walking around at night. And so what I mentioned earlier with when Shinji's talking to Urahara at night. In the anime, the translation for the subs was... When you're commanding others, like, you can, you can sympathize, but you shouldn't show it. In the manga, I much prefer this translation, and also it means something completely fucking different... <laughs> <laughs> Which is, when you're above others, you can sympathize with underlings, but you should never ingratiate yourself. So you shouldn't try to get them to respect you by, like, flattering them, or, like, just saying whatever the fuck you think makes them happy. You should do your thing and be proud about doing your thing, and then, you know, they should follow you. <laughs> Which I think is a more interesting way to word that, like, general... That general sentiment of, like, don't... like. Don't try to figure out what they want and then give it to them. Be, like, your own dude, and then, like, they will follow. Mm-hmm. It's a more it's a more potent message, for sure, I feel. Yeah, and then one last thing for the manga is... <laughs> the, corner exp- the corner illustration for this chapter is Seinosuke Yamada, the vice captain for the fourth company. As far as I'm aware, he never shows up in the in the manga. <laughs> it just, just looks like a generic guy. It's just, by the way, there is a... F- we're not showing him in any of this. There is a different guy who was the vice captain of the 4th Division at this time. Here's what he looks like. That's what his name is. He's not important. He, Don't worry about it. He looks like he's, like, Kira's long-lost cousin. He does. Oh, and then, like, I was trying to find, I was trying to, like, find a wiki page or something. He's not even listed on the Bleach Wiki. Uh, He's only listed on, like, he's he's listed on, like, the Gacha Game Wikis, because he, like, being Gacha Games, they need an infinite reservoir of characters, so he's got a (laughs) character, like, he's got a character in the Gacha Games that just has, like, a completely different outfit. And then he also shows up in the Bleach fanfiction wiki, which I assume, be- because there's there's theories of him actually be either being literally a, a, a certain person or being the ancestor of, of a certain character who, like, shows up in, the, in a future arc. Uh, which I, I thought was extremely really love- funny. Because- I just really love the prospect of a gotcha player pulling Senosuke Yamada and being like, who the fuck is this guy? What the hell? <laughs> yeah, just being like, what? Why couldn't I at least get the guy who's not seated at all in the 11th division or something? You know, someone we know from the manga. Oh, God. I would prefer Ama guy to that. He looks like Kira with his hair sort of swept back over his ear. Yes! <laughs> and it's black. It's dark hair. Like I said, he's Kira's long-lost cousin. He's just hanging out. Fourth Division. He's like, yeah. But yeah, I just thought it was very funny that, like, there's no there's no notes. There's no, like, here's who this character was. It's just name, position, mugshot, 
That's it. <laughs> I love it. I think this is great. Keep doing this, Kubo. Keep inventing guys. Oh, we know he keeps doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, I, I, I think we've been avoiding the elephant in the room this whole episode. We've been ignoring the gravest sin this arc has committed, which is that it's a it's an arc that takes place in Soul Society, and yet Hanatro is nowhere to be seen. He might not hmm. even be born yet. I don't care. Make it happen. <laughs> we know Rookie is not going to be born for another 50 years. Listen, if Jazz can exist at this point in time, so can Hanatero. That That is my line in the sand. I will stand behind it. What if we got a little old man who had a mustache and a beard who who looked exactly like Hanataro, <laughs> but with a mustache, and it was like implied that he was his dad? Wait. Well, hold on. One second. Wait. I didn't realize Yamada is also Hanatoro's last name. I don't know if we we mentioned this. This literally is... <laughs> I caught myself. Yet again. Taken out by... <laughs> sniped by Kubo once more. <laughs> yeah, Kubo's like, don't worry. I knew you would want Hanatoro, but I'm not putting him here, so I drew his fake dad. <laughs> That's so funny. Holy shit. Okay. Or do we have any more? Or should we close this thing out? <laughs> nope, that's all I've got. All right. Well, you can find the show on Twitter at Bleachcast. Uh, you can find me on Tumblr at Floral Espers. You can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ. You can find me on Twitter at M O N K I P I Q U I N N. And that'll do it. Play fighting games. Have a good week. Stay cool, Chads. I don't want to sound like a know-it-all, but... I'm so mad, I can't even stop being so mad about how mad I am, that I can't even stop thinking about how mad it is, it makes me so mad!